guys, it's Heather. I'm coming to you live from Washington Square Park in the heart of Greenwich Village, essentially right in the middle of what was allegedly deemed the New York University campus. And, you know, I don't want to alienate my audience any more than I already have. You know, first I bragged about my luxurious studio apartment and now I'm here in the middle of Washington Square Park where I used to go to college. I did go to NYU. Uh, was it a mistake? We'll see. We'll see in 10 years. I think it was uh, a little expensive. I probably should have gone to a state school, maybe. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I owe a lot of money to Sally Mae, and I've never missed a payment. Once again, not a brag, just a fact. I am financially responsible, as much as I can be. Anywho, I decided to come to the park because there's a lot of good people watching here. Um, This is where I spent a lot of time in my youth, um, you know, eating lunch on the benches, people watching, uh, crying, you know, when things were tough. I would come out here and cry. (laughs) I I don't think there's a place in New York City where I haven't cried. I've cried on the train. I cried, you know, in classrooms. I cried uh, in the apartment that I shared with a cat lady. She was a cat lady. You know, she only had two cats. But from the condition of the part of the apartment that we shared, uh, including the living room, you would think there were 52 cats in the apartment. But there were only two. (laughs) Just to paint you a picture of how cat-like it was in there. Um, I am currently facing a very famous statue. If you're at home, you can uh, Google this, or if you're on your smartphone listening, you can Google the Garibaldi statue. Um, he has, you know, he's posing with a sword. He's withdrawing his sword. Uh, it's in media race, as we say. In the middle of things, he's pulling out his sword for God knows what. Um, I remember years ago, there was this, like, uh, I guess you say little person, right? There was a little person who used to um, tell time and he would uh, stand in between the the main class buildings and at every hour he would tell people what time it was. So at 2 o'clock he'd be like, it's it's 2 o'clock, get to class. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he died before I graduated because I remember a few kids telling me that that guy had died. I don't know. He was just like a crazy, like time obsessed person. What else do we have here? We have some skateboarders. I don't know if you can hear any of this background sound. I don't think this mic really picks up background noise, which is, um, I mean, it's good and bad because I wish you could see what I'm seeing or hear what I'm seeing. Um, let's see. What else do we have going on here? We have, uh, we have somebody selling buttons. I don't know what these buttons say on them or have on them. Oh, buttons for the resistance. So they're like protest buttons. (laughs) Okay. But they're selling them? Okay. So we're we're profiting off of the resistance? All right. Well, nobody understands irony these days. Um, What else do we have? 
somebody we have a man with a uh, oh it's a man with a sign strapped to him and it says we men must stop violence okay <sighs> whatever you say i mean i don't know what's going on there was also a protest um walking around the park and it was you know a protest against uh i mean it's against violence against women it wouldn't be pro violence against women but they had a very interesting chant where they were saying um if you rape one of us, you rape all of us. If you strike one of us, you strike all of us. And I don't really agree with that. A little hyperbolic for me. I don't know. Call me crazy. <laughs> but um, what else did we have? We have somebody... Uh, we have, like, giant bubble art. I guess that's cute, you know, for the kids. And earlier there was a, uh, you know, an acrobatic show in the middle of the fountain. The fountain is drained right now because it is winter. So the fountain has no water in it. Um, yeah, so I've been in New York since Monday. Um, kind of feeling ready to go back to Los Angeles. Um, I came here. Let's see. Well, let's see. I did like three shows. I had five shows scheduled, but two of them ended up getting double booked and canceled. And, you know, I, I'm really not a fan of that sort of stuff. I've noticed that in New York, um, there's just way more laxity towards cancellation of things. <laughs> and I don't really like that. So anyway, I've been staying in an Airbnb in a, you know, I don't want to reveal my location of where I'm staying, but I am staying off of the Bushwick L train. And the thing about an Airbnb is they're just so passive aggressive. <laughs> Especially, you know, because I, I just rented a room. I didn't rent out the whole apartment. Um, I don't have it like that yet. Um, maybe one day I will. But an Airbnb is extremely passive aggressive when the other person is in there. Because I, I'm just one of those people who I don't need to see you or speak to you or say anything to you. Honestly, I paid you money to use this room. Okay. I don't need to be questioned where I'm going. <laughs> or anything like that you know and then people always want to make small talk they're like oh why are you here oh it's none of your business were they investigating me like i'm jason Bourne. i'm here to uh i'm here to kill a delegate to the congo republic i don't know what the hell do you think i'm doing here i'm in new york for a holiday week let me be please don't inquire of course i you know because my ego is gigantic, I did have to tell this guy that I'm a comedian. <laughs> I really need to stop doing that. I don't know what it is. I think I want people to think I'm important. I guess that makes sense. But he told me that uh, he he was a he was a comic for three whole years. Wow, you know, a true veteran of stand up. Three years he gave up. So you know that's fine. But they're just so passive aggressive because you're trying to avoid talking to this person. Or at least I'm trying to avoid talking to them. Like, I don't really, I don't need to know anything about you. I'm paying you money to be here. I mean, it's the same as a hotel. Just be like the front desk guy who just, you know, just leave a note if you must. I don't want to talk to you. Every, everything's so passive aggressive. I don't even, that's why I don't even like having roommates. That's why I live alone in a luxurious studio apartment in Los Angeles. Because I do not want to make small talk with anybody or hear about anybody's day or ask about anybody's day. I'm so over that. I'm too old for that. And also I, I just want silence. I just want silence in my apartment. That's, that's what I want. 
Okay, so I did perform in some shows. Uh, Monday night I performed at an amazing show in Brooklyn called Side Ponytail at Friends and Lovers. It was so good. Such a great show. Amazing audience. I did really well. (laughs) Not bragging. I had a great set. Um, Let's see. Tuesday night. Yeah, I had a show that night that got canceled, but oh well. Uh, And then I partook in a roast battle at the uh, Roastmaster show at the stand. My opponent was uh, this young man named James Pontio. (laughs) And honestly, I didn't, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. I felt pretty good about my jokes going into it. Uh, He won for sure. (laughs) I mean, there were just a couple jokes he had that hit a little bit harder than mine. And at one point he did call me Marissa Tomayonnaise, which was, you know, I... I had to ask. I mean, I asked him, I was like, James, do I look Italian? And because a lot of people, they have no idea what I am. You know, they don't really, they just guess. I mean, I hear, I hear so many things. I hear, you know, uh, that I look Jewish, you know, that I look Middle Eastern. I don't really know what type. I, I could be Persian. I've heard Persian, um, Israeli, um, some sort of like Eastern European type blend uh most people never guess exactly what i am which i am italian and latina mostly i am a quarter czech so i guess i am eastern european i don't know i'm very ethnically ambiguous so uh, i was kind of annoyed that that joke did so well (laughs) everybody who i roast battle they mostly just like try to say that i'm like big i mean like what is big though i'm tall I don't think I'm fat. I mean, I do Pilates twice a week now. Not to brag about my lifestyle, once again, but I am in Pilates twice a week. It's very expensive. When I up to three times a week, I'll let you know. Then, If I'm going to Pilates three times a week, that's how I know I've made it, okay? Maybe four times. If I'm going four times a week, I'll feel like a millionaire. But the first battle was really good. My jokes did well. Um, overall, it was a pretty satisfying night. Except this is my second roast loss in a row, and I don't really like that. Uh, <laughs> every time I lose a roast battle, I get really annoyed with myself because I don't. I for some reason, roast battle like people take this way more seriously than any other form of comedy performance. Um, I mean, because it is competitive. You are competing, and there is a winner and there is a loser. And I don't like losing. I think losing sucks. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at losing. I remember I cried once because I lost a a pool tournament when I was 12. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think my my parents just never gave me positive feedback. I guess that's what the problem is. So James, you know, and and he's a young guy, but he's he's 25. Looks like he's 45, by the way, just so you get an idea of (laughs) what this guy looks like i mean i had some good jokes i, I called him uh dan Aykroyd's out of work body double <laughs> that's funny he does look like that he kind of looks like jared from subway i had a good jared from subway joke um what else i had a good joke just jokes about how he looks sexually inexperienced which he is uh pretty accurate stuff you know i write from truth i write on truth so the roast battle um i lost but It'll be okay. Oh, my God. There's a giant rat. Like, oh, God. 
and New York City is filled with rats. There's so many rats everywhere. Um, I actually, I don't know if I heard this on a podcast or read it in an article, but I heard that the physical mass of rats in New York City outweighs all of the humans in New York City. Unbelievable. <laughs> just, just you know, let that thought um, comfort you as you curl into bed at night. Um, if you're not in New York City, you have nothing to worry about. Except there are rats everywhere in Los Angeles. I saw a rat... Um, right outside the Lexington, it was hiding underneath my Honda Civic tire, you know, just waiting for me to get in. I don't know if he wanted me to give him a ride somewhere. Probably wanted me to give him a ride to Hollywood, you know, like some of these open micers. But they know I'm not going to Hollywood. And then they're like, can you give me a ride? Can you give me a ride to Hollywood? I'm like, that's out of my way. I don't, I don't want to do that. Open micers love asking for rides. I don't ask for rides because I... I do have a Honda Civic that will be paid off in six months. Isn't that amazing? And then probably something will happen where I'll have to get a new car. So <sighs> looking forward to it. Yeah, so James won the roast battle. You know, I, he battles a lot in New York. They have a few different roasting shows out here. I think I think one of them that he does the most, I think it's called Comedy Fight Club. I'm not sure where it is, but I think it's Thursdays, I was told. Um, and then they have a roast show at New York Comedy Club that he also uh, does. I think his record is like 6-0 and or something there. Um, so I think it would be really cool for him to come to L.A. and try a roast battle at the comedy store. Um, because I mean, it is, you know, the original place where the roast battle was created. And I, I would just like to see how he would do there. I think he would do well, but we need to find him an opponent. So I'm going to help him find an opponent and then we'll see when he'll come up there and, you know, maybe I'll, you know, he'll be under my tutelage a little bit. Um, what else? Oh yeah. So the night of the roast battle, I... You know, I kind of schmoozed and rubbed elbows a little bit with some more successful comedians than me. Uh, one of them is on Saturday Night Live. I'm not going to drop a name. Not, I'm not going to do that to you people. But just know that, yes, I was imbibing with somebody who was on Saturday Night Live. And then another person who was also on television. Actually, a few people who were on TV. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I guess I need to stop being so astonished that these people are basically aligned with my other social circles i am in comedy they are comics it's happening i'm climbing the uh the ladder to success rung by rung slowly but surely it's happening so i had a good night there's this uh this irish bar right next to the comedy club called patty mcguire's i don't recommend it um you will get way too drunk and then you'll just uh stay there till 4 a.m in the morning am i talking about myself or am i talking about you uh <laughs> yeah so i was there till 4 a.m on tuesday and then also on wednesday night i went to the same bar again <laughs> and stayed till 4 a.m i was drunk you know and and that's fine you know it's fine to be uh drinking you know it's the holidays i think we all you know have stress I think drinking helps to relieve that stress. And sometimes you want to drink, um, you know, two double Tito's and sodas and kick back a little, you know. I work very hard. I deserve to be drunk once in a while. 
But uh, I don't think I'm going to be shutting down any bars again anytime soon. Actually, I might tonight. I might do that again tonight. We'll see. Um, maybe tomorrow. No, I don't know. I have a lot of things, a lot of busy work to do tomorrow. I don't know why I'm telling you my whole schedule, but, you know, that's it. Um, yeah, Patty McGuire's. I guess I'm giving them a little promotion on here. It's, it's an Irish bar that in, uh, that's always decorated like it's Christmas on the inside. I've been in there before this trip, but, you know, oof, very rough in there. Um, yeah, so Wednesday night, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I think, I think comedy is, it's so, well, not only is it just difficult just to do it, you know, because it's a self-motivating art form where basically you have to force yourself to one, write material, two, work out the material, three, you know, network, and then four, you know, uh, network in order to perform on shows to perform your material. Okay. And, you know, you have to repeat that cycle constantly. It's very frustrating. Comedy can be extremely frustrating. I don't know any comics who have ever said that they didn't want to quit comedy. I think if you're not wanting to quit, you know, multiple times uh, per year, you're probably not doing anything with it. I mean, if if you're not frustrated constantly and wanting to get better, then that's probably a problem. If you're just happy with where you are at all times, then you're not going to get better anyway. So, um, <laughs> Wednesday night, like I was feeling pretty good that night and I actually got a compliment from somebody. They texted me and they said, you know, you're so good at stand up that I bet you'll have your own Netflix special one day. And I was happy with that. I mean, honestly, I, I did originally want an HBO special. Uh, the prestige of the HBO special maybe has dissipated a little bit over the years, but I, I was always more interested in HBO special, especially now since it seems like everybody's on Netflix. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even have an, an agent right now, but we'll see. But anyway, I went from that, taking that nice compliment, you know, and thinking in my head, oh, yeah, maybe that is a possibility to like three or four hours later, completely wanting to quit stand-up comedy. <laughs> and I posted on Facebook, I said, and I was in a terrible mood when I posted this. And I think it was like 3.30 or 4.30 in the morning when I posted this. <laughs> and I had just gotten home from a bar. I posted a status update. I'm quitting comedy. Post your condolences below. And I have to say way too many people liked this status. Uh, they probably want me out of the game. They're probably my haters. And that's fine. You know, I, if, if, you're, if you're my hater, I, I don't care. It's fine. You can you can hate me. I'm I'm not thinking of you. Trust me. I'm not thinking of you at all. <laughs> I have like way too many other problems. Um Yeah, so I posted that and I'd have to say more people commented than liked it and they said I shouldn't quit. And you know, honestly, I'm not quitting. Okay? The reason I'd said that was because I was extremely frustrated with um the way I feel my career affects my relationship prospects. Um, so I have talked about this before previously, but my last boyfriend was a comic. And I think one of the tensions in our relationship was that he felt that I was just, I don't know, progressing faster than him. And he didn't like that. Or he had a problem with, 
you know, me doing certain things and he wasn't doing that. I have no idea. I don't know what was in his head, but there were a couple of times where he sort of, you know, hinted at um, him being dissatisfied that, you know, I was doing all these things in comedy. And it's it's not really my fault. You know, I I work really hard and I feel like the fruits of my labor are only beginning to show. You know, I've been in comedy like almost five years now and I feel that I work really hard. I do as much as I can, you know, without like causing harm to my mental or physical health. Um, I try to relax as much as possible, believe it or not. I don't sound relaxed right now, do I? Anyway. (sighs) Yeah, no, I was just frustrated because I get the impression that a lot of men don't really want to be with a woman who is in comedy or especially a stand-up because stand-up is, I mean, it is this position of power where, you know, somebody's standing on stage alone, they're talking alone, and, you know, they're addressing people with, you know, tones of authority. And I guess what it is is that, um, you know, the wrong men don't like that, you know, and those are the men that I shouldn't even be concerning myself with. Um, I guess the right man wouldn't wouldn't care. Ew, oh, my God. I don't know if that was a mouse or a rat, but it like it ran out into the into the walkway right towards me. <laughs> it looked like it was going to run up on me. I will not let a mouse crawl on me. Oh, my God. So gross. Um New York City is filled with vermin. So, um, I don't even know what I would do if I, if I actually quit comedy. Um, I don't think I'm going to do that, but, um, I mean, I'm in it. Like, I have some shows coming up. I don't know what they are. I haven't looked at my calendar. I have some shows in LA next month, but I'm not going to worry about it. I am hosting a weekly open mic. Now, Echo on Pico, Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Not a fan of the hours. <laughs> Might change. We'll see. Co-hosting with Kelly McInerney. Shout out, Kelly. So I'm not, I'm not out of stand-up, for God's sakes. Oh, and I have another roast battle coming up. Another roast battle in January. January 16th, I'm roast battling uh, John Michael Bond at the Comedy Store. So we'll see how that goes. What else? Ugh. There's a lot of people here. I mean, there's a lot of uh, people walking, sitting, talking, enjoying life. One thing that I have noticed about this trip to New York, to New York. Oh God, I'm stuck. I can't even say New York. Is this is this like the start of a neurological disease? Should I be worried? I'm always worried that I'm having like the beginning of some sort of neurological disease or dementia or something. Like if I forget something, I'm like, I have dementia. I probably don't. I don't know. Who knows? When do you get tested for dementia? I'm 30 years old. That's that's too early, right? I don't know. I saw Still Alice whenever that came out. I think it was like last year, two years ago. Ugh. Made me really wonder what's going on with me if my mind isn't working. So, yeah. What would I do if I did quit comedy? I think I like my dream if I wasn't doing comedy at all like if I had zero desire to be on stage and zero desire to really speak my mind here's what I would want to do I would want to be a housewife you know for in some tawny suburb um my husband would be 
an attorney or a doctor, I would be raising our two or three children. Probably three. I'm, I think these rich families usually have three kids. They have three or four kids. You know, because they can afford it. Uh, <laughs> and then I would, you know, just take care of the kids. Maybe I'd have a nanny. Um, and then I would do Pilates at least five days a week, you know. I'd be a Pilates housewife. That's my dream, being a Pilates housewife. But would that fulfill me? Would I, you know, be able to fill, fulfill all of my intellectual needs? Are these intellectual needs? What do I talk about? I talk about pussy on stage. Is that intellectual? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, hmm. So, no, I'm not quitting comedy. I, I thought about doing an open mic today, but I've decided that I'm, I'm quitting open mics for at least the next five days. We're not five days. What day is it? It's Saturday. I haven't gone on stage since Wednesday. Okay, so I'm taking five days off. That's fine. I'll still know how to do stand-up by the time I get back on stage. I won't have forgotten. So, that'll be good. I think it's good to take a break once in a while just to get your head straight. Also, I was just feeling sad. I was just having the sads, and it's fine to be sad. It's fine to be sad. Yeah. Sadness is kind of interesting for me because when I'm when I'm really sad, I, I don't really have an appetite. I haven't had much of an appetite on this trip, which is probably good for me financially. But um, I eat like maybe one meal a day, <laughs> one meal and like some snacks and then just the rest booze, baby. Just all booze. Uh, I'm on a booze diet. No, I'm not an alcoholic. Trust me. Um, I can't afford it. How can people afford being an alcoholic? It's so expensive. Alcohol is so expensive. <laughs> so bad for you. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like, I haven't really... I had to eat pizza immediately when I got here. That was the first thing I ate was a slice of pizza. Pizza in LA isn't very good. Except in LA, when I do want pizza, I go to Blaze. They do not uh, sponsor this podcast, but if they want to, they can. But Blaze Pizza... It's like a build-your-own-pizza place. That's, like, really popular now is build-your-own-pizzas. And then there's, like, two other places where you can do a build-your-own-pizza. And one of them is called Pizza Rev. And I do not like Pizza Rev. I think the crust is bad. And I, and they don't have just as much of a variety as toppings as Blaze. So I'm not a big fan. And then the other one is Mod Pizza, which I think originated in Portland. Because I've been to Mod Pizza in Portland. And they have one now in Los Angeles on Venice Boulevard, um, heading towards Culver City in a little strip mall. But I haven't been to that one. So, well, those are my thoughts on uh, build your own pizza, folks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's like what I eat on my on my cheat day, because it's like it's like 900 calories for one of those build your own pizzas, depending on what you put on it. I I try to only get, you know, one, they have like 10 different cheeses you can get. So I try to just get the mozzarella, but if I'm feeling indulgent, I will get a little sprinkling of goat cheese on top. You know, if I'm feeling fancy, don't want to alienate you, but yes, I have eaten goat cheese on a number of occasions and I do enjoy it. I do enjoy goat cheese, you know, that's just the type of woman I am, you know, a classy, classy woman who eats a different variety of cheeses than normal folk. You know, I go to the Whole Foods cheese section. Very smelly, you know, but I'm open to trying any type of cheese. 
There was a cheese I tried recently. I forget what it's called. It's called like, it's called orange something, French orange or I don't know. It's like an orange cheese, but it doesn't really taste like cheddar. I don't know how to describe it. It's very nice. But anyway, yeah, I'm not, I'm not eating very much out here, which I think is good. I'm walking a ton. My pedometer is like 12, 15,000 steps a day. (laughs) In LA, you just sit on your ass all day. Sit on, sit on your ass at work. Sit on your ass in your car for two hours, you know, as you go nowhere. It takes me an hour to drive to work. (laughs) Nine miles. I'm not exercising during that time. I'm listening to Ryan Seacrest. I'm listening to Ryan's Roses. You know, I'm supporting the people. If you don't know what Ryan's Roses is, I, I pity you. Because Ryan's Roses is one of the most important radio talk segments out there today. And Ryan Seacrest, you know, he's just doing the Lord's work. I don't know. Was he accused of groping someone? <laughs> I think I saw that a couple of weeks ago. I think he was accused of being a gropey McGroperson. But I just don't see him as a creep, you know? I mean, first off, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, stir the pot or anything. But does he like women? I don't know. <laughs> this is yet to be seen. I know he dated uh, Julian Huff for a while, but, you know, she's really into you know, dance and glittery costumes. So who knows? Yeah. But Ryan's roses is this little segment on his show where they, that he has his uh, female sidekick on the radio and call up a man who is suspected of cheating on his wife. So the wife will call in and say that she suspects her husband of cheating or her boyfriend or whatever. And then Ryan Ryan's assistant will have them call the husband and the husband will be offered a free bouquet of roses to send to anyone he wants to send them to. And 90% of the time he will send them to a woman that isn't his wife or girlfriend because he is cheating. Um, But one of the problems that's been happening now with Ryan's roses is that a lot of people have caught on to what it is. And they now know what the call is when they get the call asking about where to send the roses. So I think it's backfiring quite a bit. Hold on a second. I need to take a a drink of this um, pomegranate blue herbal tea. I'm not bragging that I'm able to afford this type of beverage, but I am. So anyway... Did anybody go shopping for Black Friday? I It was Black Friday yesterday. I did not. I had zero urge to go shopping. I saw a report on CNN that said this is the first Black Friday in the history of this country where more people are going to be shopping online than in stores. Bad news. Bad news. I think that's bad news for a lot of people in their jobs, right? Because they keep closing all of these brick and mortar stores. And they're going out of business. And there's people who, you know, work at these stores and they're definitely losing their jobs. So, you know, the automation of, of everything really is just destroying the economy, you know, and nobody cares. They're like, oh, I got this. I ordered this from Amazon and it's here one hour later. And, you know, praise Jeff Bezos. You know, they're just they just love him. They just love Jeff Bezos. They love supporting his company. God knows what they're working on. I have a friend of a friend who just got hired to work on artificial intelligence engineering by Amazon. People should be afraid <laughs> of Amazon. Let's not 
let's not build them up. What did I buy on Black Friday? Oh, I, I did. Okay, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. You caught me. I, I bought a uh, external hard drive on Amazon yesterday because it was on sale. You know, that's just how it goes. I wanted to buy some anthropology candles, but I didn't have the patience. I didn't want to go in there. I didn't want to order the candles online. You know, it was just a pain. I'll think about I'll think about getting candles later. But they have my favorite candle at Anthropology. It's a Capri Blue Volcano candle. The scent is just really nice. You know, it's a nice candle to have around, you know, just you know, just for a daily use or you know, for sex. I do like lighting candles during sex. <laughs> it's it's romantic. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no one shopped for Black Friday. I don't think they did. I didn't really see, I didn't, I passed by a lot of stores and I didn't see any chaos. I went down to the, uh, I was down near the financial district, uh, last night, uh, because I was appearing on a radio show and podcast called, uh, Big Talk and Brewskies. It was on from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time. I, there, the podcast will be on iTunes, I think, later. I was on two episodes, so you'll hear that. Um, yeah, not, none of us went Black Friday shopping. And when I was in the financial district, I passed by a ton of stores. There's like so many stores down there and nobody was really in the stores. Um, I went down to the 9-11 Memorial. More people were at the 9-11 Memorial than were in the stores around it, which I guess makes sense. Um, yeah, I saw the 9-11 Memorial. It was very interesting. Um, they have these sort of like... They're like infinity pools, I'd say. Like they're kind of like um, constantly um, circulating fountains where the water is sort of like cascading down from a, you know, a square area. It's I guess it's exactly where the towers used to be. Um, I'm not quite sure about that, but it's like a constant flow of water and like heading down into this very deep pool it was um very somber there, very interesting. And they have the names of the of the victims of the attacks outside of the perimeter of the fountain. So that was good. That was interesting. I'm glad I got to see it. I've never been down there um since they finished it. I don't know when they finished it, but I noticed that it was um twenty four dollars to get into the September eleventh museum. I don't know about that. <laughs> We're just monetizing anything. Is Jeff Bezos involved in that? Did he did he get involved in the 9-11 Memorial Museum? Who knows? Yeah, I didn't go in there. I haven't gone to any museums, which is interesting. I don't know. I haven't looked up any exhibits. I should probably see what they have. Maybe I'll go to one tomorrow. Who knows? Um, what else is going on? Oh yeah. Drinking in New York is dangerous. I'll have I'll have to say that. Yeah. I don't know if I if you can I mean drinking in LA is worse cuz you have to drive everywhere, but here uh, here's why it's dangerous because you can drink as much as you want and you know you're going to be able to get home safely because you know you have the subway, you have the bus, 
They do have Uber here, except Uber here is like insanely expensive for some reason. I took an Uber on Wednesday night. It was thirty bucks. Um, I don't think I'd do that again. I'd rather wait on the wait for the train to come for an hour and cry on the platform than than do that. Oh my god! There, ew, there was a. Is that a mouse or a rat? I have no idea. It's a mouse rat. It was, it was so gross. Oh my god! It was just like running. It ran right across for me it wants to be on this podcast it sees me there's a lot of people walking by and looking at me like i must be somebody important because i'm holding a microphone or they think i look crazy i have no idea i don't care you know i'm 30 years old i'm past the point of caring i don't care you know nobody's asked to be on which is surprising to me a lot of people you know they see they see a news camera and they have to jump in the background. But this isn't a camera. It's just me with a microphone and a Zoom recorder. One one girl alone speaking her mind. God bless me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I like coming down here to the park, uh, to Washington Square Park. There, I have a lot of memories of this place. Um yeah, when did I, 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 so I started in college in 2006, so that's 11 years ago, and yeah, Washington Square Park was always an interesting centerpiece for me, you know, I'd always like meet up with people here, or eat lunch here, or if I had a break between classes, I would come here and, you know, maybe read a book or something, it's also where I cried a lot, I I cried a lot in this park. I had a I had a relationship with a library cop when I was in college, library security guard. I cried a lot toward the end of that. <laughs> well, we broke up twice, I think. I don't it's so interesting how you know when something happens like it it really is like the most painful thing that ever happened, but looking back on it years later, you you vaguely remember <laughs> You vaguely remember what happened. I do remember the day he broke up with me, though. He broke up with me via email at first. And is that a... Oh, my God. There's, like, rats galore. Or mice. I I have no idea what that was. Anyway. So he broke up with me via an email. You heard that right. An email. Not just any email. It wasn't wasn't even from him. It was an AT&T email. Letting me know that he wanted to remove me from his cell phone plan. Now, folks, I've been through a lot in life, but I have to say, this was one of, <laughs> this is one of the more painful memories I have. Um, so what had happened the night before, we had a huge, a huge fight. Okay. Because I was trying to get tickets to see John Mayer perform at VH1 Storytellers. Now, I know that's very specific. But I don't know if I've said this before to you. I'm a huge John Mayer fan. I have all of his albums. I've seen him in concert over 10 times. Huge fan. So VH1 Storytellers was having this contest where you had to send in a photo of your favorite memory from a former John Mayer concert, right? So I decided that I would send in a picture of me and my ex-boyfriend at a John Mayer concert that was from, I think, the, a year previously. So I, I asked him, do you have 
you know, the photos from this concert we went to. And his reaction was so bizarre. I mean, he must have been thinking about breaking up again anyway, because we had broken up um, maybe five or six months before this, maybe six months, seven months before this. His decision the first time, (laughs) you know, his decision every time, I guess, you know, because fuck my life. But anyway, um, he got so annoyed that I wanted him to look for this John Mayer picture that he just was like, Heather, your obsession with John Mayer is unhealthy. Like, this is the thing that he chose to uh, pick a fight with me over was my so-called John Mayer obsession. And yes, you know what? Maybe it is an obsession. I have seen him at least, I don't know, 10, 15 times. I have no idea. I have all of his albums. I have a lot of limited edition posters and lithographs, you know, but John Mayer is extremely talented. He's an extremely talented musician. I'm allowed to be a fan of him. It's not like I was going to go, you know, stalk John Mayer or you know, leave my library cop boyfriend for John Mayer. (laughs) Oh my God. Looking back on it, like, I can't believe how, you know, how in love I was with this guy and just thinking about the prospect of that relationship. I don't think it would have been good. What, What would I have done? Just had his babies lived in Colorado Springs the rest of my life. Give me a fucking break. Anyway. So then I I get pissed at him on the phone and I and I say fuck you when I hang up. Don't think much of it, right? Except I'm upset. Then the next day I'm at my internship. Uh not bragging. Yes, I did intern at 30 Rock. Uh I did intern at Bravo for Television Without Pity, rest in peace. Uh, where I wrote sarcastic blogs. This is when um what's the word? This is when Gawker um, was getting a lot of heat and what's the term oh uh they call it a snark this is when snark was really big and i was expected to be really snarky in my television writing reviews anyway i'm sitting there at my desk and i get this email it says uh brandon would like to remove you from your shared AT&T plan my heart sank i knew exactly what it was that he was trying to break up with me very cowardly when you think about it (laughs) that's how he started it so pathetic oh my god for once i just want a man to you know just tell me to my face just fucking tell tell me to my face that you hate me just tell me i can handle it i can handle the pain you have no idea how much i've cried how much i've suffered i can handle it you think you're gonna hurt me no think about what brandon did to me (laughs) That was actual pain and actual suffering. So I get the email and I give him a call. I head back down to uh, Washington Square Park, actually, because I'm on my way to a poetry reading at the uh, one of the law school buildings down here that my professor invited me to. Professor Lytle Shaw. Shout out to him. One of my favorite professors I ever had. I had him twice. Uh, it was a John Ashbery poetry reading. Who I just found out, um, he died in September of this year. I had no idea that he died. Big fan of John Ashbery. Everybody should look him up. Uh, so I call Brandon on the phone and I, and I'm like, um, hey, what's going on? You know, pretending like everything's okay. (laughs) 
as we do. And he just goes, Heather, this, uh, this isn't working out. And I'm like, oh, um, our relationship. (laughs) I mean, my heart is sinking. As soon as I know something bad is happening, my heart just sinks and I get nauseous. And I was just like so nauseous and sick and crying. And he's like, yeah, this isn't going to work out. You know, we need to be broken up and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the worst part of this is that this was like the week before finals that he was breaking up with me. Like my last finals week as a senior I was going to graduate and he was going to come to New York to help me move all of my stuff back to Colorado. So I I told him on the phone, I was like, well, you still have to help me move. You still have to help me move all of my shit back to Colorado. And then he snaps at me. He goes, Heather, I don't have to do shit. You know, just like real nasty for no reason. Just totally fucking nasty. And, you know, honestly, I had a suspicion that he was talking to another woman. So as soon as we got off the phone, um, well, immediately when we got off the phone, he, one, blocked me on Facebook, which I thought was insane. Uh, so what I did was is I logged onto his Facebook because he had the same password for everything because he wasn't that bright. Um, so I got on his Facebook And I saw that he had immediately, I mean, maybe five minutes after getting off the phone with me, he had sent a message to a girl named Laura (laughs) saying that they should hang out. And this was the girl I suspected that he was interested in. I suspected that he had met her somehow, like through work or whatever. I have no idea. I'd like, if if you're a woman, you know, when a guy is fucking around on you, like you, you know, because I mean, he'll stop giving you attention in one way or another, even if it's, I mean, if it's sexual, um, that's a huge red flag. You know, if he's just being less affectionate overall or less interested in your life, these are all huge red flags and probably signs that something is going on. And I was right. I was right. He was interested in the, in this other girl, Laura. And uh, long story short, they're married. They have kids. Blah, blah, blah. They still live in Colorado Springs. Is that the life I wanted for myself? No, it's not. So and now looking back on it, I don't really care what happened to him. I don't really care what happened to her. Um, I think I've done a lot with my life since then that I'm proud of. Um, but I guess the thing that still kind of makes me unhappy and still makes me wonder if I'm doing the right thing or not is just that I just haven't been able to find you know a fulfilling relationship or you know I haven't found I guess I just haven't found the right person for me and I just get really frustrated when I see people my age who you know, they're getting married, they're having kids, they're doing all the stuff. And, and I'm just kind of like, okay, well, what am I doing? Like, is stand up going to work out? What am I going to be doing? Am I going to get a writing job? Am I going to work in entertainment in some capacity? I'm still, I'm 30 and I'm still trying to figure all this out. So that's what's very frustrating to me. You know, and then also, you know, just in my most recent breakup, you know, I mean, my ex-boyfriend had a new girlfriend immediately, just like immediately, you know, he told me he didn't want a relationship with anybody. And then he's in a relationship three weeks later. 
Which is to me is just like a huge slap in the face. That's that's basically just saying like, well, you never fucking mattered. So, you know, fine. Fine. Then I don't want you in my life at all. That's another thing. I'm tired of when people break up with you and then they want to be friends. Why? There, There's no reason for that. You broke up. You should not know them after that. That's just my way of thinking. I don't know. It's starting to get dark here. Somebody's playing the piano. I've seen a lot of interesting piano performance since I've been here. Hmm. One other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, hmm. Well, you know, the NYU campus is kind of interesting because it's not really a campus. It's not like a real college where you have an actual closed campus. You know, you're basically just on the streets of New York. Anybody could just, you know, walk in and do whatever. <laughs> but there's a lot of interesting buildings around here. There, let's see, there's the uh, the Kimmel Center. That's where I used to um, eat lunch. They had a nice uh, lunch area where you could get, like variety of different things like there was a pasta station i never really got pasta pasta makes me exhausted it does not make me feel good it makes me so tired um but they had a stir fry station i think i got the stir fry the most out of anything you could get you know brown rice or white rice and then you could get um you know a vegetable mix and a protein like chicken or steak tofu for people who were fooling themselves into thinking that tofu was good <laughs> and then you can get a sauce like teriyaki or chezwan or whatever the orange chicken sauce is you know that stuff orange sauce i guess that was really delicious yeah i miss that i miss the meal plans i miss the college meal plans <laughs> they were so expensive but so good and then, of course, you know, where I'm right across from uh, Bopst Library, the site of several student suicides at NYU, famously. I think the last uh, major suicide in Bopst Library, I think it happened when I was, I want to say, a junior. And I had been there in the library the night before it happened. I was there probably till five or six in the morning typing and studying. And I guess the next morning at 8 or 9 a.m., some kid jumped off the top of the uh, the inside of the building. So the inside of the building is kind of hollow. And it's like 13 or 14 floors. And there's these railings that used to be able... People used to be able to climb over them very easily. But I think like six or seven kids uh, climbed over the railings and jumped into the middle of the library. And... After that started happening, uh, they actually put these glass enclosures above the, um, I don't know what you call it, the fencing on the the inside of the building. So now there's glass above it that you apparently can't climb over. And that was supposed to prevent suicide. Yeah, a lot of kids get sad in college a lot of kids are struggling you know a lot lot of adults are struggling let's be honest i don't think i'd ever kill myself i i can't i mean there's no way oh god there's more rats there's more 
Who kn- is that a rat or a mouse? I have no idea. They're, they're just peeking out. It's nighttime, so they're starting to come out. There's somebody playing a grand piano here in the park. How did they get a grand piano here? I've, <laughs> I don't understand. It wasn't just sitting here before. But they're playing... I think it's a song that I've heard before. It might be Debussy. I'm cultured. I know a little bit about classical music. So, in conclusion, it's Saturday. The Saturday after Thanksgiving. I'm not quitting comedy. I guess I'm back in comedy. uh, My next show is sometime. Who knows? (laughs) But I'll be out there. I'll be back in Los Angeles on Monday. I'll be back to work. I'll be back to the grind. I'll be back in my luxurious studio apartment, you know, coming to you live. But, um, yeah, New York City, you know, what can I say? I was born here, lived here till I was five, came back for college, loved it. Still love it. I still love New York. I love the... I love the walking. I love the interaction. The people. People are so friendly here. You know, I've had a lot of interesting conversations with people. It's very easy just to meet a stranger here. Which is great. You know, in LA you don't really have that. People just kind of like, they don't even look at you. They don't smile at you. A lot of people smile here. A lot of people smile at you. I've been getting hit on a lot. Getting looked at by a lot of men. You know. Men in New York, they they are interested in a woman of my of my body type, but in LA, we're like, oh no, <laughs> can't have that. You can't you can't be a uh, a thicker woman in LA. They don't like that. Maybe I should move back to New York. I'm thinking about it. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But you know, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. But anyway. Uh, so what's coming up? Um, my roast battle with James Pontio will be on the uh, Roastmasters YouTube, which is a pretty big deal because they get lots and lots of views. So when that's up, I will link it on my website and my social media. Uh, once again, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Unruly Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fixed Air Heather. That's F I X E D A I R H E T H E R. You can find my website at unrulymaruli.com. I should probably buy Unruly Podcast also. Just thinking out loud about the things I need to do, <laughs> all the domains I need to make sure I own. And I guess that's it, you know. Uh, I think I'll be recording an episode uh, with James Pontio, my Roastmasters opponent. We'll see how that goes. Um, If not, then we'll do it again in the future. Um, And then I have some guests coming up that I'll be recording with when I return to Los Angeles. So look forward to those episodes. Uh, Once again, thanks for listening. And have a great Thanksgiving weekend.
sky.